This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by the Cougar 9000 wheelchair. It's the Rolls Royce of wheelchairs. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at this thirsty. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. This podcast is making me thirsty. Join our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Seinfeld podcast. Bonus episodes up there. Our first 16 episodes are up there. All kinds of good stuff. Join now, folks. Go to our website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. Our rankings are there. All of our episodes are there. Lots of good stuff. Email us at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. If you dig it, please pass it on. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 133. Today's guest has over 40 years experience in the business as a comedian, actor, and writer. He's an Emmy award-winning writer for HBO's Dennis Miller Live. You know him from countless hit films, including The Informant, Groundhog Day, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Dinner for Schmucks. You've seen him in The Office, The League, Veep, I'm Dying Up Here. And of course, he played the Drake in two Seinfeld episodes in season four, The Handicap Spot and The Pilot. Please welcome Rick Overton. Rick, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> <laughs> the Drake. So yeah, Drake. Take, uh, take us, take us uh, back. There's a real Drake. Right. Here it is. So no, take, it's based on a real guy. Ryan, let's hop into that. Who, who's it based on? I never got the rest of the story. I just heard, you know, like the way crazy Joe Davola is just a right. yes, yeah. basically, you know, uh, that they also called. And of course, Kramer, of course, we all know Kramer now, you know, yeah. it was another real guy basis thing that there's supposed to be a real Drake out there somewhere. Hello, real Drake. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to get to the bottom of that. You know, Larry David and all, all these writers. Yeah, I think uh, all have these crazy kind of connections and stories that that kind of make the show what it was, right? So, take us back twenty nine years ago, Rick. Believe it or not, the uh, handicap aired on NBC. So, tell it was it was around May of ninety three. It was the second to last episode of se- of the great season four. Um, I know you were doing a lot of stand-up, but tell us a little bit about how the how that role came about. Uh, do you remember anything about the audition? Was it a Jerry connection? Yeah, there's a Larry connection and a Jerry connection, and uh, I uh, you know I started with Jerry. I kind of came up with him and Larry. Larry was a little ahead of me. Mm-hmm. He was kind of in the cool club, but when I showed up, but only I showed up just shortly after. So. Um, we, uh, I came into the audition and I was looking at the part and I proposed something kind of weird. I said, what if he just, cause it wasn't really in the part where he was going to come apart this big, but what if he just comes the hell apart? <laughs> because people on Seinfeld generally are kind of, they don't show, I mean, they'll show a lot of anger sometimes, 
but they don't show breaking down and crying and all those other creepy, get me out of my skin, uncomfortable things. So I thought, why don't I just give them a huge serving of that while they're sitting on the sofa to make them want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> right. And that, that's something you just don't want to see a friend going through, you know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we watched the scene again today. You know, I've seen a million, seen it a million times. But uh, Elaine's reactions are so, uh, Julia's reactions are so great to what you're talking about. Yeah, she's just like, okay, they're kind of like looking at the TV, like, and they're getting so awkward. So you really nailed it. I mean, pulling off that 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 awkwardness. Of, uh, you know, like you said, of the friend crying. It's great that you you brought that into the audition. They must have uh, they must have really liked it at that point. Exactly. Not every audition will have that old friend connection where you can go, can I try something kind of over the top like this? You know, you don't always have that leeway. You just, you got to do your thing, man. Get in there and then get out of there and wait. But so I have a little elbow room. I could maybe pose an idea. So you're, so yeah, so you're the audition with Larry and Jerry, I assume, Mark Hirschfeld, and you kind of just ad lib that, the, the crying part, and they were like, hook, line, uh, and sinker, bought it? added and ad lib you know i guess you could say i heightened i heightened it up i made it much much bigger but i would still try to do the dialogue while disintegrating you know like when they asked about the italian restaurant you know giving friendly advice you know do a contrast that's great you know, it, it's funny. You mentioned uh, the the Jerry and the the Larry connection, and then you mentioned the the real Drake, right? There's another very interesting connection we wanted to bring up. Uh, I know your your father was the the band leader for Thelonious Monk. Is that that's am I correct in saying that? I'm um, so the arranger, the arranger. Monk at Town Hall. That's right. Yeah. So. Did you? I don't know if you knew this, but we talked to Pat Hazel, a writer on Seinfeld, and and the name Monk's Cafe, Monk's the Coffee Shop, was because of Thelonious Monk. They were, you know, just in the writing room trying to come up with a name because everything they they pitched was was used or was real. They saw a poster, and and so they went with Thelonious Monk. But that was a really interesting connection. We thought that we we'd, we'd share that. And the coffee shop was a little more complex because in New York, if there was a if you named something, whatever you crazy name you gave it. If there was one like that, you could get sued by the restaurant. They they would think it was that restaurant. Right. So so, we, I don't know how many different diner names and things we tried dozens and then almost hundreds of names. You know, you couldn't really do Bob's. You couldn't do whatever because it was there was going to be one in the state of New York, if not in the city. So we we really we had run out of of even crazy names that wouldn't get cleared by the network, and there was a Thelonious Monk poster. On that in that office, I don't know. It was just in the Castle Rock office, and I think out of exhaustion, I don't remember if it was Jerry or Larry. Said, "Just try monks," and then they go, "Yep, that's good. It's clear, right?" And we're like, but at that time, we didn't care anymore. Isn't that a thing of beauty? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, yeah. So your dad was was in the business, and your mom was in the business as well. I mean, is that is that kind of where you got the bug from uh, to get started in, in in kind of showbiz? Maybe. Dad was a jazz guy. He was in Monk's world. You'll see lots of old black and white photos of them at the piano and at the keys. And there'll be this uh, this other guy with his hair slicked back and a cigarette and a suit and a loose tie. And that's often that's my dad um, working with him to make these arrangements. 
Um, if you ever get to something that's called the Jazz Loft CD, or if you can watch it as a, I think it's on Netflix. It's a documentary about what is the invention of bebop, taking it out of swing sound and putting it into sort of a more modernistic, abstract 50s place. My dad was one of the guys who helped ground floor that. So he, uh, and if you ever see the movie Minamata with Johnny Depp, they, the, uh, Eugene Smith was best friends with my father. And wow. my father's jazz studio that they had the jazz loft in is in Eugene Smith's building. So there's wow. another, you know. Huh. A lot, of, a lot of connections. And I would say there's a lot of connections at the high school. You went to Dwight, uh, Dwight Morrow High School, right, in Englewood? Yeah. Uh, with John, couple, With who? Travolta. John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah, that's right. John Travolta. Another, uh, yeah. another Seinfeld alum. Yeah. Tom Wright. Tom Wright. Um, one of my favorite Jets, Bruce Harper, also. Mm-hmm. You buddies with him? And obviously, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in later years. But, I mean, it's that's it's quite a lineup of talent. Very strong theater department. Uh, because lots of people from the entertainment field would have moved out of Manhattan and used Englewood as kind of like the suburb. And the quiet way, place to go home after working in New York. So a lot of very powerful people in New York lived in Englewood Cliffs and their kids would go to the schools. And so they had a very strong theater thing to, to nurture those people, you know. Of course. So lucked out, lucked out. I just lucked out being there. You lucked out. And then obviously Englewood, right by the GW, just getting back to kind of that Jerry Larry relationship. So this was season four of Seinfeld, the Drake, but you obviously knew these guys for years and you saw that this show kind of, uh, you know, elevating, you know, each and every year. Did you reach out to them for this role? Did they reach out to you? Was this something you want to be a part of, I guess, you know, prior to the, to the audition yeah. or not? Yeah. I go in and, you know, when I go into an audition where it's a couple of friends, I got a little more of a, you know, might have a chance here. Right. Uh, but, Sometimes doing what is kind of bold is memorable in a good way. And sometimes taking that bold gamble move is memorable in a bad way. So he just took chance that they would like him just disintegrating, you know. And of course, Liz Dennehy is so brilliant at just that. <laughs> she played that. I'm not. I'm not happy. And you played. I, we could t- kind of tell how that breakup happened from that. Just you know, <laughs> so so scary. Perfect. That yeah. that. Mm, oh mm. man, it was the absolute the big and the small contrast thing, right? Yep, yep. And uh, we had the pleasure of speaking with her as well. So that that was uh, that was great. But um, you know, I'm yeah, curious. Yeah. You know, so. Did uh, what when they brought you back for the pilot? Even you know, just that one scene when they they kind of had everyone watching the pilot, and then you guys are back together, which is kind of funny too. Watching on the little Watchmen uh, TV because the big screen TV is gone. Um, were, first we, came out called the Watchmen. Yeah, the Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little baby, little saltine of a screen, and you're always having to move everything to get the picture to come back in again because everything's UHF, right? Yeah, yeah, a little three-inch screen. That was uh, those are classics. Um, 
we talked to a few people who were in the pilot and everyone had kind of a different story. Were you, were you on set for much of that week or just kind of came in for the one day shot of you two, or did you get to kind of be a part of, of the overall uh, taping? Do you recall the, the pilot? Cause there's a lot going on in that episode. I mean, it was, it was a packed episode season finale. Um, just kind of curious. What, what do you remember about the second time you were back on? Well, there's of course some block and shoot because it's just impossible to swing set everything for a live Gosh, you got to shoot some of it in advance. So certain days you'd be in to shoot your block and shoot. And on other days, though, you would be there for block and shoot. And I'd be watching lots of other scenes shooting because it's like a shoot day, man. You know, it's not all your shot, but you're there for the whole day. So I'd be, I would be watching the apartment and, uh, you know, any, any chance I could get to get on the set and watch other scenes. So I would do what I could for that. And then I had to get back and work on my own stuff because I had stuff to do. <laughs> right. Um, back to the handicap spot. So, I mean, great episode and just just great guest stars. You mentioned Elizabeth Dennehy. She was wonderful. And what was interesting is this was the first episode of Frank Costanza. Not the Frank Costanza we all know and love, but John Randolph. Did, were you there? Were you on set? for the whole episode that week? Did you get to meet John Randolph and um, uh, Estelle Harris or any of the other kind of uh, guest stars from that show? Yes. It was and great. What? I know, but it's just in passing. Yeah. They, they're also working on all the things they have to do. Yeah, when you're on a, 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 I don't know which is heavier on the brain, a four camera, you know, there's the two two day or the uh, a show that's doing lots of block and shoot and building up to it. But I think you maybe have a little more of a movie. There's another chance at the take if it's not a whole crowd watching. Well, and there's a crowd watching. Oh, my God. You got to have that down, you know. And so it's hard to really hang and, and get too close to anybody when they're just doing their thing, just like I'm doing mine. You know, everyone's got to. Mm. Working it. Yeah. I mean, and your scenes, I mean, obviously it was with um, Jerry and Elaine. I know you worked with Elaine on Veep, right? I mean, tell us a little about the kind of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I feel like she, you know, she never gets kind of the, uh, some of the acclaim that, you know, George and Kramer might get. But, I mean, she's clearly just brilliant. Uh, We'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on working with her on two different shows. Yeah, I've heard the comparisons that it's like a Lucy level of genius. And I don't know if we need another analogy. I think now from this point on, other people go to the comparison point of a Julia Louis-Dreyfus level of genius. Mm, yeah, good point. Especially after Veep. After 70 years, it's about going and saying, this is this level of genius is Olympic, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and. Um, you know, especially after Veep, like like Chris mentioned, you know, you're on that. And, and also, you know, you were on Curb, right? So curious, um, you know, how that came about. Was it, you know, Larry just kind of pulled you in a- after the Seinfeld episode and was like, yeah, I got something for you. On. I mean, that must have been an experience working on Curb. I got some experience on camera. You know, I know where I go and I know what I can do with the whole thing. And I've done lots of improv on camera. Right. So you'll just look at my IMDb more than... I'd say about half of everything you're looking at, they let me do a little or a lot of horsing around. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting because I think if I'm not mistaken, you were on the league, and isn't the league and also Veep? Uh, both of those are Seinfeld alums that kind of started them, and I believe they're both improv heavy, kind of like Curb, right? They don't really have a, a structured script, and they kind of let you do your thing. Yeah. So yeah, that must yeah. Be no, they go to say this specific thing right now, and I'm the guy with the well, he thinks he got the dog, you know, and. Uh, so I, I had uh, a little I could play a little bit, but it was so funny. I didn't have to do much. It was mostly just moving around and goofing around. It was it was good. It's so good. You can just just do it. You know, sometimes you see a thing, you go, well, maybe I'll play with this a little bit. We can jazz it up. I don't want to offend anybody, but I think it might be a little fun spot to put this in. And the other, other times it's like, no, I just want to do this. I know this will kill. Right here on the page, and they're 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 pretty brilliant team over there. Yeah, I mean, clearly the 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 two at the head of the the, the Seinfeld shop, Jerry and Larry, uh, brilliant as well. So, what do you remember? You you said you grew up with Jerry, so I'm assuming you kind of you met him in the what the mid to late '70s. What do you remember? Yeah. What do you remember yeah. about meeting Jerry and kind of how he was back then? Uh, his mind was like uh, an industrial joke machine, but he had a very cool style about it. But he was bashing stuff out at a rate lots of us were not writing material at that rate. Mm-hmm. I was sort of doing my loosey goosey character based things that didn't always have that. Pow, that button at the end, you know, they're kind of showcases for dialects and things. And he was bam, 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 stamping out these finely crafted bits. And uh, so uh, we were pretty impressed. He set a new standard and he kind of created a new style that lots of people have gone on to in one way or another, either take benefit from or emulate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, trendsetter. Um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about all these connections. We got we got one more for you, I guess. You know, uh, the Veep, the the, the League, uh, Curb. Um, you're also in in um, it's like you know, which was Peter Melman's show, uh, a Seinfeld alum and friend of the podcast. Um, that must have been another another one where I'm sure he must have you know pulled you in from from being on Seinfeld. I'm assuming, right? It just kind of uh, uh, was there. There was a lot of Seinfeld alum probably working on that show. I'm guessing it must have been a little like mini reunion on the uh, on the set for that one. It was the yeah. It gets harder and harder to get to a set and not run into a pal. <laughs> well, that's fun, right? I mean, that must make it fun for for uh, for an actor just to kind of see the old gang and know everyone and, and kind of just fall right into it. It's loads of fun. In fact, it might be a little trouble on the set because you're out there, you know, not focusing on the job for more than a moment. <laughs> you know, like the two kids, they want to separate in class. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's it's great that you have these connections and, you know, from the 70s to 80s, and then you kind of uh, formulated that into, you know, successful appearances on obviously Seinfeld, Curb, um, like, you know, I mean, I think that's just the beauty of of these guys. We, we hear that a lot from uh, a lot of guest stars that the loyalty of, of Jerry and Larry were just, you know incredible so they would always be so inviting and gracious 
Um, what do you remember? What do you remember most about that week um, on the Seinfeld set? I mean, again, Thursday night, you know, prime time, right? right it was right after uh, Cheers. I mean, it, it must have been a a big lift in kind of in, in your career, I would imagine, right? I mean, I know you were you were well established then, but I think uh, being on that Thursday night, that big hit, hit show, must have been great. I mean. W- it what do you remember? Great. What do you remember most about that week? Who'd you hang out with? Uh, what can you tell us? Well, like I said, it's probably going to be more of an extension of hanging out, just working my stuff. You're down for your day. You get back to your trailer, go over it. You know, you're thinking, hey, that was the rehearsal. Was I too slow with that one? You know, and it's like a, that. Uh, I would I would hang out with uh, Michael Richards sometimes, and I would hang out with. Uh, 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 Jerry briefly, but he's also he's got a lot to say on the show too. Right, he's, yeah. he's kind of work. We got to really respect people's workspace when you're on one of these things, even at lunch. Yeah, so yeah I would imagine. Little, yeah, yeah, it's good, man. It's just funny. That pop up and right back to work. Yeah, um, you know we're, we're huge fans of uh, of SNL, namely the you know eighty seven to to ninety five ish era. Um, with Dennis Miller, you know, and I know you worked on his show on HBO, um, as a writer, I, I'm curious, you know, that's a completely different genre, right. Than these sitcoms we're talking about, or even these movies we've mentioned. I mean, you know, what, what is your, what is your wheelhouse? Like, what did you prefer? Is, is it that, is it the writing, the, those type of, you know, that talk show sort of, um, monologue and that sort of thing with Dennis Miller, or is it, you know, are you more, you loving in front of the camera kind of character acting and things like that? I'm just curious, you know, where, where you, uh, see yourself best. And there, do you, do, do you do a sport? I used to, I used to what do three, do? the uh, retired. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I played baseball, football, and I wrestled. Were there days when you loved that sport more than anything in the world? All uh, baseball, football, yeah. Wrestling, I never really loved, but hated it. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's the same. There's going to be days when you love it, days when you hate it. It's based on the conditions of feedback. When you crush the other team, you love that day. When you pull your leg, you know, muscle this, like you don't love that day, but it's all that one sport. So it's everything. Yeah. It's all those things. There's days and you love as love, hate. Yeah. Sure. I can see that. Right. So was, was, was Miller a good guy to work with? Oh, great. Or- that was great. I'm just talking about, you know, tough nights at the stand up scene and br- brutal right goes you know and then like i don't i hate comedy tonight but i'll fall back in love with it tomorrow yeah that's i mean you're the only one up on stage right i mean it's i you know i hear jerry talk about that a lot like oh is you know is the crowd in you know uh omaha nebraska different from the one in jacksonville florida do you you treat them differently i'm curious what your your answer to this is but um, like is funny the same to them? And Jerry always says, "Yes, funny's funny. Like it doesn't matter where you are; you'll know right away if you either you got it or you don't within those first I don't know ten minutes." Mm-hmm. Um, did you have that same kind of vibe and feeling on stage? I think it's very sound advice, but it is 
a little bit more specific to the doing universally universal material. And not every act is genetically designed to do that. They're not, their brains don't write to that. And so where do they go? You know, do they go to uh, the, the island of misfit comedians or wherever, you know, the odd duck acts go? But I know I have been kind of a, at times a rabble rouser and uh, rock to the boat a little bit and made some trouble. And, uh, you know, thank God for acting. And uh, <laughs> so I, 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 I see a few sides of this, you know, it's a tough one. It's tough because not every act can be that machine like his mind. He writes to that instantly. And some guys, they just can't even get there. So the, I don't know. There should be a place for this and a place for those other guys to go. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Um, it really is. And, and your your perspective is great, too. And, you know, speaking of that perspective, you mentioned earlier, you know, in the audition, you kind of took a chance. You knew Larry and Jerry in the room. You said, let me try this, go a little over the top. You know, you get the part. Um, so when you're on set now, when you did that scene, did you... Did you go even further? I mean, was there more and more instruction from Larry? Larry wrote the episode. I know Tom Schoen is directed, but he might have been there. Did they take you even, you know, where they said that you were great in the audition, just go with that? Or were they like, hey, you know what, let's go even further? Like, how'd that go actually, the shooting of that scene after, you know, kind of nailing the audition like you did? Because, it, it, like we mentioned earlier, it played so well with, uh, with Elaine and Jerry being uncomfortable and looking around, eating the pretzels and everything. But, you know. Yeah. One for you and then one for me, where it's one right on the book yeah. and then one a little. That's what you're asking. I don't remember if that's the instance or whether I just said, uh, b- before I go into this first one, can I play with, you know, the waterworks and all that crap? So right. it might have gone like that. This is like a few years ago. and uh, But I know that I did ask. I raised my hand and I asked. Yeah, tw- 29 years ago, Rick. W- were those real tears? I-, I thought I saw real tears there. Well, you know, you're trying to make something from a place that you can use. And uh, I think if you can get there, that's awesome. And what was the name of that restaurant again? You mentioned it. Uh, the yeah, <laughs> Italian. Yeah, yeah, no, so just because of the word gag. It starts with the word gag, which is, you know, that's great. And and that TV, I swear, and this was 93. I'll never, I, I remember going to our friend's house and watching the the Bills Cowboys in '93 Super Bowl yeah, on, that on that exact same, same TV. Yeah, TV. Yeah. <laughs> when when that thing breaks, you're just like, "What the hell am I gonna do?" <laughs> you can't bring it to the front of the house and leave it on the the driveway. <laughs> it thinks you humongous. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we that was oh great, oh. You know, here's what I want. You know, I have to ask you, Rick. You know the the Seinfeld rap parties are always a fun time. We're told season four was a bowling party. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't remember uh, all the details of that. <laughs> you don't know what you, you don't know what you rolled that day. That's that's one way to put it. But I was rolling something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's what we're talking about. All right. That's great. Um, yeah, this has been great, Rick. I mean, we really, uh, <laughs> really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's anything we didn't touch on that you can remember, I mean, we'd love to hear it. But I know we, we kind of went through 
you know, much of the, uh, you know, your performance was great and legendary, uh, career. And, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure. It's my pleasure and honor. And, you know, I'm just, I'm lucky. I know I'm lucky. I landed in that pack of guys. So they knew me as they were coming up and, you know, location, location, location. So it was the very exciting, uh, uh, opportunity and to let to be given a little bit of leeway to do my own kind of thing on top of it because there were friends. It was a golden on top of golden opportunity. Yeah, you're a legend, Rick. We uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks again. This is fun. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. This was fun. Thank you. Have a good night, man. You too. Thanks.